Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church. It is good to be with you in God's house as we join every week. This happens to be World Communion Sunday, which if you don't know what that is, that means exactly what it says. Throughout the world, churches of every denomination are joining for communion. So this is a time for us to think about the breadth of our faith and how it is truly a global faith. A lot of times we narrow our focus and think more about how our faith is interacting with ourselves. But when we truly think about how Jesus invited us to his table, it is truly about communion together, to be a community of people in faith throughout the world. So wherever we are, we know we have brothers and sisters in Christ. So I hope for today that you will be understanding our breadth of our faith as we have brothers and sisters across the globe. Let's turn our attention to uh, our several announcements that are in your bulletin. I also wanted to mention uh, the uh, have a couple meetings, SPRC tomorrow evening and then trustees on Tuesday. Uh, those are important meetings for us to gather. So if you're a part of those, please uh, make that a priority. Uh, we had our first Enneagram class. And again, that word may be big and it seems like it may be overwhelming, but it simply just means the number nine and a gram. So it's just a nine point diagram that has been created uh, to help us walk through an understanding of the, the personality typology that they have labeled Enneagram. So it helps us understand who we are and how we uh, interact with the world and why we do the things that we do. We had a good class, but there's always room for a few more. So if you uh, have still been struggling, if you want to be a part of that because you, you don't really understand it, don't worry about having to figure it all out before you get there. It is a good time for us to understand more about each other and ourselves. So I invite you once again, uh, even though we've already met once. So come on out on, on Thursday at 7. Also wanted to mention for uh, a time for us to be able to uh, understand a little bit more and within the Stephen Ministries, uh, they have this topical session about how Jesus heals trauma. Now trauma can be lots of different things, but if we uh, just ignore it, then that is one thing and it's something that will eat at you for your entire life. But if you experience it through sharing it with those that understand it, then there is a way for healing. And this is something that if you are anywhere, uh, have experienced trauma in some way or another, this may be something that will help you understand more about that and how to interact with someone who has had trauma. Also, with our uh, group of understanding uh, this proactive planning for your future, uh, this topic coming up uh, a week from this coming Saturday is one called the advantages of estate planning. So we invite you to, to come out and just to learn a little bit more about that uh, on October 14th. Uh, coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks, you'll hear more and more about the Mary and Martha gathering. It's a gathering uh, that is just coming together. It's being established uh, by folks within our congregation, and they will be sharing more about that with you over the next several weeks. So uh, women, be paying attention 
uh, to the different communications about that for you to be able to join together uh, and, as women of faith. With that, I just will say let us rest our souls within uh, this moment of the prelude and prepare us for our worship. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? Let's be of one mind. Let's be of one spirit. Let's be of one purpose as beloved people of God. Now join me as we sing, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Um, it's number 154 in our hymnals, and we're singing verses 1, 2, 4, and 5.
seated. And join me in the opening prayer. God of wondrous love and glorious deeds, shower us with your love and quench our thirst for grace. Strengthen us with your spirit of power and embolden us to live our faith. Humble us with the example of Christ and remind us to regard one another as beloved children of God. Amen. And children, if you want to come up and join me. Hey, how's everybody doing? Do you guys want to come up here? Great, thank you. So, I have a couple things in my little basket here this morning for us to look at. What's this? Do you know? Okay, no card. What do you just? What's just this part? Paper. What do you do with paper? Write on it. What else? Did you think of something else? Could you do? What else could you do with paper? Well, yeah, you could burn it. Do you know why you would do that? Just to make you warm, maybe? Yeah, help start a fire that keep you warm. So there's some things we can do with paper, right? What about scissors? What can we do with scissors? Cut. What would we cut with scissors? Paper. We can cut paper with scissors. Do you guys know a, a, a game that involves these kinds of things? What's this? A rock. Do you know the rock, paper, and scissors game? Yeah? I'm glad you do because I'm not very good at it. I never remember what does what. Can you remind me what does what? Yeah. Okay, so scissors cut paper, right? Paper goes over the rock. That's the one I never quite ever understood, I guess. <laughs> and then rock smashes the scissors. So we've, we've come up with some different things that these do, right? So we can write on paper. We can burn paper for warmth. We can, so we can write a special note to somebody, maybe even with the paper. We can use the scissors to cut different things, including paper. What would we use a rock for? Okay, so they made, they made, he said you can make spears out of them or, or use them for, for different things that way. What do you think? What could you use rock for? To make mm. a collection. Yes. Yeah. Actually, my brother-in-law and my niece both collect rocks to make a collection. How it, yeah, he likes this fire theme. Because he said you could start a fire with the rock, too, because you could... What kind of rock? A flint uh, rock. He, he, knows his, he knows his fire starting, right? Yeah. It, it's good to, it is good to know that. It to, is. Again, to keep you warm. Do you think you could get water out of a rock? Mm. Unless you break it? 
So, you know what? Jesus, Moses did. You're right. Moses, well, it wasn't actually Moses. It was God, right? But we're going to learn, we're going to hear about a story this morning where the Israelites were out in the desert. They were very, 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 very thirsty. So they were very in distress. And so they started grumbling and they grumbled to to Moses and Moses intervened for them. He went to God and he prayed and he said, please help me out here. I'm in trouble. They're upset at me. They're grumbling big time. They're complaining and we need something to drink. And God told Moses to go hit a rock, and he listened, and water came out of the rock. So something we can remember is, A, Moses showed us that we can go to God and ask God for something that we need, that we have someone who will intervene for us. Like Moses intervened for the Israelites, Jesus has intervened for us, for what we need, and God can do impossible things like bringing water out of a rock. Can you remember those things when you're feeling in distress that you can go to God and Jesus will intervene on our behalf and God can do amazing things. Okay, let's have a little prayer and then I'll give you a treat. Lord God, thank you for how you have shown us through stories in the Bible like Moses that you can do amazing things. That when we are in distress, we can go to you, and you will answer. And you can even do amazing, impossible things. Help us to remember this in our daily lives, every day. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This job, you got too many things to do all at once. Do you notice that? (laughs) Um, Now let us sing Trust in a Bay for our prayer hymn, 467.
So how many folks here, as we're going into this time of prayer, with considering the world as being all a part of our faith, have a connection to someone who lives in another country? So there are several of you. So you understand what it means for us to always have in mind those that are throughout the globe. So as we go into our time of prayer, keep that in your mind and maybe even think about those that you are connected with this morning. God of all, when we think about what that is, that you are God of all, that it really puts everything in perspective. Yes, we call out to you as my God, but you are not just my God. You are everyone's God. Not everyone understands that, that is the case. There are those that are still searching and wondering, oh God, and we pray to you this day that you are in the midst of those that are still searching. That you are drawing them closer and closer to you. That you're calling even us to be those that walk with you to encourage and invite those to recognize who you really are. Lord, speak to us. Open our minds and our hearts to the vastness of your love. That it is far-reaching. Help us to see beyond our own space, our own place, our own city, our own state, our own nation. And see that there are people crying out for you. It's easy for us to just pay attention to what is close. It is so easy and it's comfortable. when we look out beyond and see that there are so many that are different from us, that have different needs than we have, that have different situations, we know that when we see something, we can't unsee it. So Lord, help us to see Help us to hear the cries. Help us to walk alongside all those that we become aware of. So we just ask that you would be with this day as we think about the world. The world communing with us. Give us that encouragement that we need. To know that your love is so amazing. That is not something that anyone can be free from. And it is not out of reach for anyone. Allow our love to grow. Our faith to grow in you. That we truly can be a body of Christ that spans the globe. That are connected through Jesus Christ. Arm in arm with our brothers and sisters. Unify us, O oh God. In your love. Let's pray now the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as we prepare for our offering this morning, we ask that you would continue to understand that we are a global connection through the United Methodist Church. As you give to this church, you are also giving to the connection so that we will be able to continue to support UMCOR and many other mission organizations so that we know that our faith is being shared with the world. Ushers, would you please wait a Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Beloved and loving God, bless these gifts that they may bring unity to a world in strife. Bless our lives that we may bring love to everyone we meet. Bless our church that our fellowship may be a place of unity and inclusion for all. Amen. You may be seated.
Our scripture reading today comes from Exodus 17, 1 through 7. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Here ends the reading of the word. The word of the people for the people of God. God. Amen.
So when you think about the Israelites who journeyed from Egypt through the Red Sea into the wilderness on their way to the promised land, what comes to mind? Does your mind go to negative thoughts of judgment? Do we struggle with their doubt in God's provisions and promise? Do we distance ourselves from them or do we relate with them? I want us to think of their journey this morning. Walk with them from slavery, the journey with God through the wilderness of life, and on the way to a life of promise. Walk with them as they learn to make it through the wilderness by faith, daily searching and gathering what God provided to sustain them on the journey. See, their faith, it grew with each day's provision. It seemed, at least for a time, as though the Israelites did just fine in the wilderness. Looking at the very beginning of our text today, it says, The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. That sounds like a smooth ride to me, as smooth as a ride can be in the wilderness. We don't know how long things were seemingly good as they went from place to place. There was a time when they were living in the wilderness without concern. I think we we all appreciate those times in our lives when we live without a care in the world. We, We go about our lives feeling pretty good about the direction that the life is headed. And we just go about our days. In times like these, we we probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference between people of faith and those, well, without faith. However, when there are bumps in the road, we just might be able to see who has a strong and growing faith and who doesn't. So let's continue to walk with the Israelites in the wilderness to a bump in the road and see ourselves in them. Our text notes, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The bump in the road. The rest of our text today shows the Israelites' response to the bumpy road wasn't the best. Their response wasn't one of strong and growing faith. But their story wasn't written for us to judge them. It was written for us to witness so that we might grow in our faith response to the bumps in our road. 
So today I want to explore what do we need to strike from our life to live a life of growing faith. As I mentioned, we, we walk a pretty good stride through life when things are good. We praise the Lord and give thanks for all that we have and what we're able to do that brings us joy. But we all know it isn't always like that. The wilderness of life has a way of testing us and our response reveals the depth of our faith. The Israelites were faced with a real test, a real life challenge, and this was their response. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? To get to this point in the journey out of Egypt through the Red Sea and into the wilderness, the Israelites had to have some level of faith. But after being in the wilderness several days, they were faced with a need for water in a place with no obvious water source. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never worried about having enough water. I can say, though, the thirstiest I had ever been was when I was in Israel for a three-week class. As part of the class, we took several excursions throughout all of Israel, and one such trip was to the far southern region, Known as the Negev, which is Negev is just the Hebrew word for the south, where it was a barren, hot, dry place that looked like this. That's me up there looking out over this barrenness. We had been out all day, and our coolers were empty. All I had left was what was in my uninsulated, uninsulated water bottle. 100 degrees or so. After being out in the heat for a couple of hours, my, my water was hot. Not warm. It was hot. On any other day, I would have poured the water out knowing that it wouldn't be refreshing at all. But in that moment, I was just happy to have something that was wet. Being thirsty in the wilderness between Egypt and Israel is no joke. I have no doubt that the Israelites were thirsty and rightfully concerned, but their lack of faith was shown in their first reaction to their situation. They started with arguing with Moses and demanding a resolution. Moses was in the same situation as them. He didn't have any water either. What was he going to do? I don't think they expected Moses to truly answer them. Wanting to quarrel is an expected way of us, a natural response of being vulnerable and being out of control. They were quarreling, where quarreling is defined as taking exception to someone or something. The Israelites may have been arguing with Moses, but they were upset or taking exception with their situation, not him. Taking exception with an attitude that is less than pleasant, 
Well, it doesn't resolve anything. It actually adds to our problems. Notice how Moses quarreled right back and even brought God into the mix. Well, the Lord doesn't want to be dragged into our arguments. The Lord is bigger than that and expects us to be as the people of God. Part of growing in our faith is allowing the Holy Spirit to prune our natural response. We need to strike out quarreling from our interactions with others. Now, I think it is safe to say that just about everyone in the United States is taking an exception with the socio-political status of our country. I'm not saying that we all agree with what we are taking exception, but we sense the tension and the challenge. Quarreling will not get us anywhere, but quarreling is what we are doing. We argue. We make demands of others to give us what we want or at least what we think we need to be satisfied with our situations. You think we can see the difference between Christians and non-Christians in the midst of it? Friends, shouldn't we be able to see some kind of a clear difference? But I'm afraid it's cloudy at best. The situation we experience It doesn't go away when we quarrel. And unfortunately, that's not the only thing we do that hinders our way through our challenges. We can see it here in the Scripture. It says, but the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? When we are unable to be satisfied... And we are not in control of our situations. It is easy for us to well, blame someone or blame something for our frustration. Often, like the, the case of the Israelites thirsting in the desert, situations just happen or, or they come upon us. Many things have a root cause which can clarify what led us to where we are. Regardless of knowing what brought us to where we are or not, nothing is resolved in playing the blame game. Blaming others for our situation doesn't change anything. Well, it does change something. It changes the status of our relationships. As Christians, our relationship with others matters. Loving others matters. It should be our priority. We need to strike out grumbling and blaming others. If we pay attention, the Holy Spirit convicts us of destructive behaviors and points us in another direction, the direction of following Jesus. Can God or the people around us see the difference in us? If we aren't supposed to quarrel, grumble, and blame, what are we to do? Well, Moses almost got it right in his response, but he still fell a little short. Here was his response. He said, then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Before I get to what he did right, what did he do wrong? Moses lost focus of the problem at hand. 
Moses was concerned about himself. Falling short of the glory of God is prominent in our inward focus. Not that there is anything wrong with going to the Lord with our personal concerns. But as we grow in our faith, our concerns are more outward focused. We can invite the Holy Spirit to redirect our focus. We need to strike out crying to God selfishly. It is selfish when we ask God to choose us over others. We can allow the Spirit to help us include others in our cry. You see, we don't want to strike out crying to God altogether. That's what Moses did right. He cried out to the one who hears and sees all. That's where we need to start with bringing our concerns and our challenges to the Lord, not with quarreling, not with complaining or making demands or grumbling or blaming. Rather, our cry should be with prayers of lament. You've heard the word lament. To lament is to mourn or, or grieve. Lamenting is, is not complaining to God. It is inviting the Lord into our pain, into our suffering, into our situations. Suffering has a way of taking our focus away from God. And then we can act like people without faith. When we go first to lament, we are drawn closer to the Lord who promises, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We can't experience comfort even if our situations don't change or, or take time to improve at least. Practicing lamenting prayer keeps us focused on God and any offering of guidance the Lord gives. Lamenting doesn't aggravate the situation. It provides perspective. It provides hope. So in addition to lamenting, how else does God expect us to respond to things we want to grumble and complain about? Let's see what we can learn from God's response to the thirsty Israelites. The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people, Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff in which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and the water will come out of it and the people, for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. Notice that God didn't even acknowledge Moses' plea to save him from being stoned. The Lord immediately redirected Moses' concern to the needs of others. Once the focus was in the right place, then the Lord asked Moses to do three things. Invite wise counsel to be a part of the solution. Gather the tools God had already provided. And come before the Lord for next steps. That's what a faith response looks like. No matter what we are dealing with, big or small, these are great steps to take to further our journey through our own wilderness. There's no reason 
for us to try to figure out how to navigate life by ourselves. So invite others. Invite those who are open to hearing what the Lord has to say along this journey that we're on. People of of faith are most likely to, to do the will of God when they seek it together. Also, we have tools in the toolbox that have been given to us. We have the Bible, we have the wisdom of the saints, and we have our collective experiences as followers of Christ. Our confidence grows, our faith grows when we use the tools we have been given. When we go to the Lord together with our resources and we are ready to listen and discern God will guide us. Moses was told to strike the rock, to give the people water to drink, and it simply says that Moses did it. He followed God's will. We have to be willing to strike the rock, even if it's uncomfortable. Striking the rock is being faithful to what God asks of us as we experience the wilderness of life. Before we can strike the rock, though, we must strike from our life these things that create more problems than solutions and keep us from growing in our faith. Strike out quarreling and demanding answers. Strike out grumbling and blaming others. And strike out selfish pleas. I ask you to, what come to mind when you think about the Israelites Well, the Israelites are often remembered as quarreling complainers from the way that they responded in the wilderness. May we be transformed in Christ through the Holy Spirit in our wilderness travels and leave a different legacy. Let's move forward through the wilderness of life together, growing in our faith, crying out with lament in the midst of our challenges, calling our friends of faith to meet with us before the Lord, listening together and hear what the Lord's goodwill might be. And be ready to strike the rock as the Holy Spirit leads each of us. Amen. World Communion Sunday. The Lord invites us to his table, and I want you to join me in this responsive invitation that is on the screen and in your bulletin. This is the table of unity and love. This is the table of mercy and grace. All are welcome. Be of one mind and one heart. Come, all things are ready. We are all welcome here. Take just a moment as you are coming to this table and recognize that it is truly through this invitation that we can come. This invitation from the Lord as before our invitation, before our coming to Christ, we are, as we mentioned, fall short of the glory of God. 
So let us go before the Lord and ask for a time of understanding that we truly do understand who we are and why we are invited. It is our brokenness that kept us away, but it's Christ who brings us together around the table. Just take a moment. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. In the beginning, you created us from dust. You called us to live in your image and to be of one mind. Even when we grumbled and complained and we argued and fought, you called us to unity and love. Even when we neglected your teachings, and turned away from your call, you invited us back into your vineyard of mercy and grace. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the name comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your beloved name. In the fullness of time you sent Christ Jesus to call us anew to abundant life, compassionate love, and unity with you and your people. With encouragement and grace, Christ calls us now to join in unity with his followers around the world. May we be of one mind, live as one people, and love with the power of your grace. Through this amazing grace, we are invited to your table, welcomed in your love, and reclaimed as sisters and brothers of Christ. As children of your mercy and grace, we come with humble hearts and open minds, remembering how Jesus shared a feast of love and how he invites us even now to share this feast of love with one another. And on that night, before his death, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke the bread. And he said to his disciples, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples saying, drink from this, all of you. This is my life in this new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. 
And so, in remembrance of these, your life-giving acts of love and grace, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as children of your love and union with Christ's love for us and our love for one another as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. So pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the life and love of Christ, that we may be the body of Christ for the world, redeemed and unified by Christ's love and grace. And by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with one another, and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at your heavenly banquet. It's through Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. The table has been set. We will be receiving in the pews this morning. Uh, So as the bread comes to you, hold it until everybody is served, and then we'll take it together. And then we will do the same with the cup.
This is the body of Christ, which makes us whole. Take and eat. This is the passion of Christ that has been poured out for each and every one of us and all across the globe. Take and drink. Let us pray. Amazing God, you have brought us all together around your table. We are grateful of your open invitation that you truly call us to be one with you and one with each other. So Lord, unify us through you as we call upon your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let us sing One Bread, One Body for our closing hymn, number 620.
We are one body in this one Lord. May you sense your unity with all your brothers and sisters in Christ. So go in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Whoa.